This is a Founding Media podcast. Welcome to another episode of Masters and Founders. This week, we are sharing one of the interviews we did live at the Long Center during South by Southwest. We had a great time speaking to some amazing folks who were in town for the festival, and also featured some inspiring local guests as well. During this episode, we are speaking with Jody Gehring of Hyde Park Ventures. Hyde Park Ventures portfolio includes Boston-based Hyde Park Burgers and the third largest Five Guys franchisee in the United States. Jody told us all about how they got started and why the franchise model works well for their business. Let's jump into my conversation with Jody. I'm really excited to uh, share some knowledge here with what Jody's going to bring to the table around franchising. So tell us a little bit about what Hyde Park Ventures does and franchising, how that's that's involved. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I'm I'm delighted to be here. Um, It's a great topic and one I'm excited to talk about. Um, Hyde Park Ventures is the third largest U.S.-based Five Guys Burgers and Fries franchisee. We're based up in Boston, Massachusetts, with offices uh, down here in Austin, Texas as well. We started um, back in 2009. My business partner, Greg Vasey, bought the rights to develop Five Guys in the North Shore of Boston, right when we graduated from business school at University of Chicago. We graduated into a, a quite a, an economic market for ourselves, and he was um, he had the foresight to, to find a really good brand and a really good market to develop. And over the course of that uh, next five or six years, he built a nice little portfolio for himself. We were on vacation with our families uh, back in 2015 and um, decided, let's, let's get together and build something really fun. What do you know how to do? And what do you know how to do? And it turned into, um, into well, I know how to run restaurants. And, and my background previously was in investment banking. And he said, well, you know how to buy things, right? I said, well, I, I guess so. So why don't we team up and figure out how we can build a really forward-thinking um, uh, hospitality portfolio uh, on the back of my experience in, in M&A and technology and his experience in restaurant operations. So fast forward, we did two major acquisitions over the course of the next couple of years. Um, and now we sit at 33 units with uh, 25 units in development. Um, and we own from the states of Maine through the state of Rhode Island. Wow. So I want to back up. That's, that was a lot that we just absorbed there. I want to start back with Inception. So why why not go and build one restaurant as far as versus going the franchise model? Um, I would say scale matters, and having a system that can support the franchisee and support the entrepreneur mm. is incredibly important. Um, one of the differences between working within a franchise system and outside of a franchise system is the level of support. So structurally, we pay a percent of our sales that we make to the brand as a royalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also pay a smaller percent of sales as a marketing fee. So basically, we're outsourcing our creative and our brand right. and really focused on running really tight operations and really creating an, an optimal experience for the customer and a perfect product. So um, when we thought about what we, what we wanted to do, whether it be a, a restaurant or, or part of a franchise, uh, finding the right franchise was, was really key for us. Um, and it starts with the right product. Yep. We wanted to make sure you can't build a business, whatever it is, if you don't have your product right. And the same goes in franchising. So we loved the Five Guys product. We loved the burger. We loved the milkshake. We loved the French fries. And so did the consumer. And mm-hmm. it's won a lot of awards subsequently. Um, so we started there. So um, when we found Five Guys, we had had a great product. It had a great growth trajectory. 
and it had a great sales to investment ratio. So we knew when we wanted to start, we were going to build something big, and Greg wanted to build something big. And you need to do it on the back of a really strong platform. So that's how we started. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What, um, what fears were something that you tackled with when you first decided to like, oh, yeah, let's do this? Yeah, restaurants are tough. Um, you know, you hear a lot about some restaurants doing phenomenally well and some struggling. Mm. And that's a real factor. Um, over the course of the last couple of years, as we've developed restaurants, we've certainly had a couple that, that didn't do so well. And those are tough. Those are tough to absorb. So, um, you know, making sure that the business model itself works, just like anything else. Do the unit economics of each of the stories you build make sense? Uh, it costs X to develop. When do I think about getting my money out of it? And how do I think about continuing to, to pay myself and pay our investors returns is something that's top of mind. So being very insightful and, 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 being, and being able to think through and plan and model your investment returns mm -hmm. to understand what the investment thesis actually is, is paramount. So start early, be detailed, be thoughtful, lean on your advisors, and make sure the decisions that you make to build the restaurant or the restaurant portfolio are, are in the interest of, of long-term uh, success. What was the um, selection process? I mean, I, I'm just kind of trying to put myself in your shoes and imagine yeah. where, where this was. But what was that selection process like? Okay, I want to start a business in food, yeah. and I want to pick the right brand. Yeah. And you know, there's so many burger brands, and yeah. there's so many good burger brands. Totally. Um, what was that selection process look like for you guys? Well, it's interesting. It started. Um, it started before we got into restaurants. It actually started at the franchising level. You know, do you make the decision: Do I want to build a company on the back of another brand, or do I want to build the brand and the, build the company? Mm. Um, we looked at in, in graduating from University of Chicago in 2009. It was a tough market, and we, um, you know, uh, we wanted to um, make sure that when we looked at the investment, it, it was in relation to what was going on in the rest of the market. So we looked at the public equities, we looked at the S&P, we looked at the Dow, and of course those were going crazy. So we said, well, what is it? What were the investment horizons like on in the public market going back 10, 15 years? So we looked at the, the, the volatility of the public markets. And then we applied uh, a layer of analysis against franchising overall, whether it's a franchising of a hotel or a restaurant uh, or a gym or whatever it is. And we looked at the stability, the inherent stability and slower but still consistent growth with across the franchising market. So we saw the S&P up and down and we saw a consistent return and growth in the franchising market at about two to three to four percent a year. So if you look at the chart, you can imagine a slow, steady climb versus the volatility of the public market. So we said there's something here with franchising. Now, we need to figure out what type we do. Do we do restaurants, do we do hotels? Where's our skill set? Where do we think we can hire the best talent? And we worked our way into five guys. Um, we liked fast, casual restaurants. Um, we thought the, there's, if you can run really good restaurants, the margins are really good. We liked fast casual, uh, which is different from a quick service restaurant like a McDonald's or a Subway, and it's mm -hmm. different from a full service sit-down restaurant. We liked fast casual because it could command a pretty high ticket price, but didn't have onerous labor requirements on the P&L. Um, there wasn't full service. So we, we took that. And then we looked at um, what are the growing segments in the market, right? Is it chicken? Is it beef? Is it what are, what are consumers consuming the most of? What do they like? And where, where are some of the highest growth brands in the country actually playing? Um, and burgers. Burger, to your point, burgers is very competitive. Um, you know, it's a very saturated market. Um, we found a great little family-owned 
restaurant um, chain called Five Guys. They, you know, started franchising in 2003. They opened in 1986 for the first time. It's literally a father and his five sons, Five Guys. Nice. Uh, we love the family nature of that business. It's still owned um, as a family today. I think it's, uh, I think it's one of the top um, uh, largest family-owned businesses in the United States still, with over 1,600 restaurants out there now. Wow. We love the fact. 1,600 that- of their own. Of of, of of the portfolio, okay. so about about five hundred are owned by the family, yeah. and about uh, eleven hundred are, are franchised. Well. Uh, and we loved speaking of that. We loved that the, the brand was also a franchisee, uh, not just the franchisor, because they share a lot of the pain that the actual franchisee goes through. And when selecting a brand to work with, having one that doesn't just um, run marketing and op- uh, run marketing and brand it actually runs operations and actually touches the consumers a really important part so they're an owner of the, the original restaurants and then they franchise to and themselves they, and then they franchise the rest of the, of the country right wow. so they own most of the mid-atlantic okay. and then the rest of the country and globally so now yeah. it's in uh, it's in about 12 different countries right that's, now that's interesting i wouldn't have thought no that you and franchise to yourself but that's it, exactly so they the, these are restaurant operators to the core Okay. They love restaurants. They love consumers. They're in their restaurants. They're in our restaurants. Um, they're very supportive. Um, and we, that's one of the reasons that we fell in love with the brand the way that we did. Mm-hmm. It's, got a, um, it's got a great product. It's, uh, we can talk in detail about the sourcing of that product and mm-hmm. the sustainable, organic nature of, of where their products come from. Mm-hmm. Um, we love the investment ratio, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, a, is, is very important in this business. Um, it costs us... Uh, half a million dollars to build a restaurant, and we do about a million and a half in top line sales. Well, so it costs us, you know, we can pay ourselves back and we think about payback periods mm-hmm. um, a lot. So we, it, it's about really successful restaurants can pay back in about a year, and otherwise it's about 18 months average by the time we you know, put our 500 in and get our 500 out in terms of, uh, yeah. of EBITDA income. Yeah, it's really, really So we cool. love that, the quality of the product, and, and we love the investment uh, profile of the business. Where, where does the next five uh, to 10 years look for, like for you guys? Are you going to stay in restaurants? Are you going to go to other types of franchises? Or what is Hyde Park doing? Yeah, so Hyde Park is, um, we're growing. Um, we love our thesis in the U.S. for five guys. Um, we we expect, fully expect to be in that system long term. Um, we're not a private equity firm. We're an investor and an operator hybrid combination. So we're in it for the long term. Um, we, we invest alongside um, some family offices and, and some high net worth individuals who are who believe in in Hyde Park's vision long term within the Five Guys system. Um, we've recently um, acquired the rights to develop uh, Five Guys in the Scandinavian market, nice. so we'll be expanding uh, out of a base in Stockholm, Sweden, uh, in the coming uh, couple of years, nice. which is really exciting for for us and for Hyde Park and for for Five Guys. It's mm-hmm. the last major um, European country that's been that's that's not uh, had a Five Guys yet, so we're very excited about about that area of the world. Um, we're also bringing on a partner to help us with hospitality investments, so hotel investments. So you can see Hyde Park, expect Hyde Park to um, to begin to invest more substantially into um, hotels and resorts over the coming five to 10 years. So we're really excited about building a platform that scales, that's focused on hospitality, that's focused on selecting the top partners that we believe and the top franchisors we believe um, have the longest term value horizon for both our investors and for the ultimate the, the consumer. That's really cool. So as you know, our audience out there is looking to become a master founder themselves and, and how do we do these? How do we become successful? How does this work? And one thing we have never talked about is the franchise model, uh, which I thought was really interesting that you guys uh, just only do that. Mm-hmm. And so what, what advice would you give to someone that's just kind of like kicking the tires trying to figure out, should I franchise, should I build my own thing? What, what would the advice be? Um, 
Absolutely look at it. Um, it, it can help it, with, with companies and franchisors that have already built strong brands. It takes a level of focus um, off of that immediate need to create that brand and, and to create that design motif, right? And then you can focus, it allows you to really focus on your running of the restaurant and the quality of your product. So it's a partnership, think of it as a partnership. Um, there's tons of different companies out there mm-hmm. that, um, that start as building a four or five, six restaurant portfolio and decide that they're, they wanna grow by franchising. Um, I think those are, those are excellent to consider. I think um, you have the experience can be bifurcated to some extent between sort of larger, enduring, lasting brands that have been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, being a McDonald's franchisee is much different than being a franchisee for for a startup concept that that only has several units uh, of financial unit economics to Mm -hmm. to back itself up with. Um, So I'd say there's franchising can 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 run the gamut. Mm -hmm. Um, When you think about which one you want to get into, think about. Think about the brand. Think about the product. Do not forget about the product. Mm-hmm. Um, do not. That's the absolute key. People will not come if the product is not good, mm-hmm. uh, and your ability to deliver that product is not perfect. And that, in that level of service, and that cleanliness of the restaurant or the hotel or the experience for the consumer yeah. is first and foremost. So, be very, be, be very, very thoughtful as you think about the where that specific franchisor is in its in its, its timeline, because I think that'll be very indicative of of the lasting nature of that business and your business. That makes a lot of sense. It sounds like, you know, if, if how they're done with their brand and how do you feel about their brand? Absolutely. I mean, at the very, at the very, very core, Absolutely. is this a brand that I would love to carry on? And is yeah. it, they got a good, have they done well with that? If it's an unknown brand, like it may be a little, carry more risk with it. I'm sure risk, the yeah. prices differences yeah. uh, between them, but it sounds like, you know, definitely if there's a brand that's already got doing a really good job, then kind of go see what that looks like. And just to add to that, just understanding the philosophy of the founder of that brand. How do they think about growth? How do they think about supporting the franchisee? The the greatest brands out there are incredibly supportive of the franchisees, and the franchisees can recognize that. The success of the franchisor is on the success of the franchisee. So ask and poke and and prod on questions around long-term philosophy, the way they think about support, the types of support, and really how they're willing to put you first as they think about growth of their own organization. That's a really interesting point because one of the things that you hear on the streets as well, franchisers, they have all this control and uh, so on and so forth, and it may not be the best. But I think that's select cases. Obviously, you were talking about your partnership yeah. is not that way because they, they're very open to listening to the franchisees. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons. And, you know, it was hard. I, I would, I, we didn't know that from the beginning. Right, but we saw that as we developed our relationship, as we built stores, as we saw the impact that their teams would have, literally in the stores with our employees, mm-hmm. and that was one of the reasons that we continued to invest in that brand is because of that level of support. And I'll be quite frank, and we've looked at a lot of systems out there in restaurants and hotels, and Five Guys does a remarkable job in its level of support. So. Um, make sure those are questions that you ask early on, um, and those are be, those are very those are reflected in, in what you pay. You pay a royalty uh, to the brand, mm-hmm. um, and they vary from two to ten percent, depending on the system and the, and the asset class. Um, but in some cases, it's very very worth it if you've got a very strong brand that's very supportive. Well, I think about traditional businesses and the businesses I've run. You're going to spend uh, if you're doing it. Right, or if there's the way to say right, but if you are spending money at marketing and and 
partnerships and things. So you're still going to put 25% of your money out doing that anyway. So if you've already got a brand that's established that's kind of helping you. I imagine they come in and kind of help you with employee count and kind of give you a guidelines on all that. I mean, what does that process do. look like? Yeah, there's, it, it, think of it as a massive booklet of how the best in practice restaurant groups do it. And it's everything from how to think about hiring. It's... Um, uh, how to think about sourcing. And, and one of the things the franchise groups do, uh, the franchisors do, is they help you through that process, right? I don't have to go out and figure out where I'm going to get my meat from, where I'm going to get my potatoes from, yeah. and then negotiate with one restaurant, right. right? I'm negotiating with 1,600 restaurants, and the brand is actually doing it for me. Yeah. So that's one last thing I have to think about. Yeah. I just need to make sure that I've signed up with the right vendors, and that beef and those potatoes are arriving at the right times on the right days and being unpacked and stored and taken care of as they're prepared for customers. So that's those are the things that we want to work about. Control that experience within the four walls, what we call it. Um, so there's there's lots of different things. We've got five guys, for example, will also send twice a week, we'll have a customer service. So we'll have representatives of five guys mm-hmm. um, secret shop our restaurants. Wow. So there's yeah. always these little touch points of interactions to keep us on our toes, to mm-hmm. make sure that the cashier greeting is right, to make sure the quality of the food is right, to make sure mm-hmm. the cleanliness of the bathrooms is right. Mm-hmm. Th- that level of detail, especially within food service, is paramount to mm-hmm. being successful. Well, it's really interesting. In, in a lot of our shows, we've discussed the path of a founder, and there's ups, downs, there's surprises, there's all sorts of things there. It sounds like through franchising, at least some of those, it's almost like a head start. You you have a lot of those questions answered for you, yeah. and then you get get to work and maybe making money quicker. That's, what that's it sounds that's like. exactly the way that we think about it. So it, it's it's um, and just because you're not tackling necessarily the creative. Um, doesn't mean you're not involved in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sit on, as a voting member of the marketing task force, so of mm-hmm. the money we do, the, the brand does collect, I'm on the board that helps them determine where we spend it. Oh, nice. um, so we sit, and you know, I go up, uh, I go to the headquarters twice a year, and we sit down and we, we review our marketing initiatives and our return on equity investments, and how do we think collectively about brand positioning, and who should we work with from an advertising agency perspective? And so Five Guys again does a really good job of bringing its franchisees into the fold, ta- using them. Uh, a lot of which the franchisees are very experienced. Um, uh, operators and investors yeah. from previous lives who've decided to come and, and spend time with with the five guys system and um and, and, and taking advantage of, of those opportunities has been really forward thinking from five guys perspective and the good franchisors out there bring their franchisee groups into the fold and mm-hmm. help them make decisions because they affect everybody it sounds like an it sounds like you have a corporate board that comes in with experienced people yeah that yeah. um because they're owners, they they bring experience from their previous lives, and they've got really good, valuable inputs. So Absolutely, that makes it's a, a team lot of partners, of and we we look at our fellow franchisees as partners too. We help each other. We help each other with lenders. We help each other with um, certain local store marketing community initiatives. Uh, we're doing some fun things up in New England with the Red Sox, and that's going to involve not just our franchisee group, but 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 others as well. So there's lots to learn from the franchisor and, and, and lean on from the franchisor, and there's lots to learn from other sophisticated franchisees in your group. So um, when you're thinking about franchising, think about the franchisor, and then look sideways. Who else is involved in franchising this brand? Are they quality investors? Are they quality operators? That'll tell you a lot about, about the system you're going to get yourself into. That's a good piece of advice. When we talked last, where does the person, uh, you, you had some 
tools that people can go to as far as starting to do research on franchises? What are some of the trade publications or some of the places that you went to to kind of do your first initial yeah. funnel? We love the fr- the Franchise Times provides, a, 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 I think it's a monthly or quarterly periodical where um, they outline top franchise ors in mm. certain categories, hotels and gyms and laundry services and anything you can imagine, some of which I, I did not even know were being franchised, but, but there are. There are lots of entrepreneurs out there, car washes. Um, that's a great, it breaks it down by size and it gives you some insight into um, different types of groups and different types of requirements to be a franchisee. Um, typically, there's a liquidity, um, a cash liquidity requirement because they're going to expect that if you're going to buy the rights to develop the state of Massachusetts, you're going to be able to develop and have the capital to develop and have the relationships as lenders to be able to leverage um, those assets to be able to grow on a specific timeline. So Franchise Times will outline that for you, which has been really helpful for us. There's conferences, uh, depending on if it's a hotel or a restaurant conference, um, going to sit down with franchisors and have that one-on-one dialogue before you get in. There's a restaurant finance conference in Las Vegas I'm thinking of every fall in November, mm-hmm. which would be, which is paramount, and which is what we did before we, before we actually started on our, our catalyst for growth as we went out to that conference. And we listened. And we sat down with with brands and we sat down with lenders and we really got a good feel for where Five Guys ended up uh, wanting to position and wanting to be. Mm-hmm. And that was just what, what aligned best with us. But that those are two great resources. The RFDC, the Restaurant Finance Conference in Las Vegas in November, and Franchise Time. So that's exactly where I would start. Very good. Thank you very much for being on the show. It's just, it certainly enlightened me, and I know it aligns to the audience at least to get started, where, where to get started, and also the experience, the pros and cons to doing something yourself versus going on with a good quality company and a good brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very informative for people out there to trying to look at the different ways of being an entrepreneur. There's multiple ways to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Thank you for being on Masters and Founders. Thanks again, Richard's Rainwater and Long Center. We see the pattern again, as in many of our interviews, making personal connections is key with entrepreneurship. And as we now know, key to creating successful franchises. Thank you, Jody, for chatting with us and making the journey to downtown during South by Southwest. The Masters and Founders team includes me, Dan Dillard, producer Mariah Gossett, and audio engineer Jake Wallace. Thank you, everyone at Founding Media, for your support. To see the video interview and other Founding Media podcasts, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. A link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening.